We are having a very special episode of Breaking Into Today. We're talking self-care in the business. And we have a few other things we're going to talk about, too, so stay tuned. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, Breaking Into. Why I'm wearing this shirt. Oh, Michael. Eight years ago today, we lost a legend. Nine. Nine? No, not yet. Nine years ago. Nine Nine. years ago, we lost a legend. Can you believe that? Nine years ago, we lost a legend. I can't believe it sometimes that he's like, he's just not here. I know. I still feel like we should just be singing songs right. that he sang and everything. Yeah. This is interesting. Hi, welcome to Breaking Into. I am James Lodge, your host. And that was talking about, again, Michael Jackson. That was Human Nature from his landmark album, Thriller, which I was talking to some friends the other day about what albums they liked the most. And I'm kind of an off the wall fan. That's a little story. <laughs> I'm a little older. I like disco, so a little older. Um, so I'm just going to go right into I brought my guests back from last month. We we're going to talk about this, this very important subject about self care. Working through this business, the ups and downs. I'm going to tell you actually a, a little story. Uh, we're going to talk about this, and I'm glad she's here with me, my girl, Miss Shay Holland. Oh, thanks you for having me back. Of course. Yeah, of course. this is such an important time to be talking about the kinds of things that we yes. get an opportunity to talk about. Yes, definitely. So you go ahead and follow us on Facebook. We're breaking into pages there. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and we're also on YouTube. I'm blank for a second. We're on YouTube under Black Hollywood Live under. Breaking into, and this episode will be there, and the one we did recently is on there too. So you can go there and find us there. Let me make sure all my stuff is off. That is off. Very good. Um, I first am going to show this uh, magazine. This is one of the latest People magazines. We had mm. two very mm. highly publicized suicide deaths recently. Um, That's Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. And uh, it's just really sad to see that people who are in positions where they're successful. You have no idea what's going on in their personal lives or how their professional lives are affecting them personal lives. And we're going to talk about all of that in, in, in this episode. You remember when you heard about both of these deaths? How, how, where were you when you heard both of You know, these? I will say with um, Anthony Bourdain, because so many people in, you know, I lead Host in L.A., which is the largest group in the country for on-camera personalities. And several people have worked with him, have known him. Yes, they did. And yes. uh, somebody had actually just posted about something that they had done with him. And um, just when you look at the work that he did and the body of work, you, it, it was shocking, you know. And, and right away I just thought, wow, this is going to hit people hard coming off of the death of Kate Spade, another obviously creative um, person who has influenced so many lives. And um, so, yeah, so this is such a timely topic yeah. and really important. And obviously today being the day of Michael Jackson's death, yes. and even though it wasn't billed as a suicide, I think we're, we all now know, you know, the, the issues he struggled with. Uh, yes. I mean, well, we know that, you know, right now his father is really sick, too. Right. You know, Joe's right. really sick. And, and there's a lot of issues that Michael talked about while he was alive and things he didn't talk about mm-hmm. because he was a very private person about his upbringing, his childhood, um, about the way he looks. Mm-hmm. We all saw that. Right. Um, probably pain he was feeling from all the dancing. You know, Prince was the mm-hmm. same thing. From all those jumps, those splits and everything you do. Just, and just I mean, there's a lot of pain going on there. So Michael, yeah, it wasn't a suicide, but there was a lot of stuff behind him and his life. Right, and that's yeah. definitely something you know I, that I, I want to talk about just because I feel like that co- side of the conversation, some of the things that can lead to it that's not just maybe necessarily underlying mental health issues, yes, those are there, but especially in Hollywood, I will tell you, I have never seen as many prescription drugs available to people, and I think what people don't realize is uh, many of those, one of the side effects is depression and suicidal thoughts. And and so it's, they say that in yeah. some of the ads. They say yeah. that. Yeah, and I and I'm like, is the treatment worth it when right. you know you might encounter that? And so that's all part of I think this dynamic that we're seeing with more and more suicides and people maybe that we never thought would have um, a propensity towards that. You know, maybe they started out with some sort of painkiller. I was reading an article that said everything from birth control pills to acne medicines. One of the side effects can be depression, and that was just shocking to me. You know, so you add that on to this creative temperament that. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, it's I, probably. I'm going to share a quick story, which that I actually, I actually, when I when I heard about these two deaths, I actually made a statement, and I have no problem sharing this because there is no shame uh, when you're going through something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw it or not. I posted, but people were talking about it. I too thought of suicide, and so when this came out, I wanted people to know mm-hmm. my colleagues, my fans, my my friends, my followers um, that. Me, Mr. Happy and Positive and Smiley and works very hard in my life. As many of you know, I've had very, I had several deaths in my life recently that were very, hit me very yeah. hard. So I thought of suicide as an answer. And so I decided to get help. And there's no shame in getting help. And there's no, and there's no blaming or anything. It's, it's something that I, 
I ended up gaining 60 pounds in, in weight. Wow. That's what I did. Yeah. Which I'm losing now. I lost 20, which I'm losing. But I, I decided, instead of ending my life, I decided to go get help. I also have a spiritual advisor I see twice a week. I have a therapist I see once a week. I just saw her um, last Friday. And I just want people to know that I'm here for you also. If you need somebody to talk to you, I'm glad I reached out. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, partly why I wanted to come back on the show, too, especially, you know, leading a group of creative people. You know, we've got 3,000 in that group alone. And um, I was just looking at some research, and it was talking about how, uh, as creative people, I think it said something we're 10 times more likely to wrestle with depression. And so I feel like, especially in, in the groups that we know and the people that we can impact, it's something that we need to talk about continuously yeah. and not just let it, you know, just because a celebrity has died, just that, let that be the only conversation and that we really do need to, to start watching out yeah. for each other. And what you've gone through, I guarantee you, many of us mm-hmm. have, have had a similar story at some point yes. if we've been in this business for any length of time. Yes. And it doesn't stop just because you've made it to a place where you're successful yes. with what we see with you know, all the celebrities that have committed suicide. And, and that was kind of what I found. I, didn't, you know, I wasn't at that level, but I had reached all of my dreams at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that you know, I should be so happy. I should be living... You know, I was living a charmed life. I had, you know, the job I always wanted. I was, you know, had famous men wanting to date me. I had the money I needed. And all I could think was, why am I so empty? You know, and for me, the answer was definitely faith that got me out of, you know, a dark hole in a dark season yeah. of my life. And in fact, it was that moment, like I hadn't been to church since I was a kid. I hate to admit oh, it. Wow. Sorry for all you Southern I mean, yeah, Baptist yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did for a long yes. part of my life, you know, just, yeah. you know, I was not a re- religious person. I wasn't yeah. really seeking that. And so, but finally, when I was just like at my lowest, I was like, well, I don't want to commit suicide, but I don't want to be alive anymore either. And I thought, I'm just going to walk into a church because I was convinced God was just going <laughs> to... Like, that was, that was it. Because I had no delusions that I was a good yeah. person. Yeah. You know, like, that's what the things, like, you always hear people say, well, I'm going to get to heaven because I'm a good person. Yeah. I didn't have any delusions that I was a good person. Yeah. I did not try to be a good person. Yeah. That wasn't, I was a crime reporter. Yeah, right. We yes, are not right. good people, right. okay? Ugh, <laughs> you will get killed if you're a good, nice person yeah. when you're, like, right. out there dealing right. with murders and right. everything. Right. Um, but the lightning didn't strike when I walked into that church. And it, yeah. I remember it was Mother's Day, and yeah. um, it just... It, it was the first time, like, I just started to literally feel, like, a sense of peace. And I was like, this is not what I expected. I want to ask you, I wanna, I'll piggyback off of that for you. Being a reporter, there's different types of hosting. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds of hosting. What I do, what you, what you do, what you did and did for many years, reporting. Reporting, news reporting. I couldn't imagine doing that. Night after night, day after day, seeing what you've seen, hearing what you hear, how did you navigate through that? I mean, talk to people out there who are doing it now. Right. Like, how did you... Well, you know, that's where I think self-care comes in. And I was lousy at self-care. I had no, seriously, I had well, no, drinking does not count as self-care. No, sure, no, sure doesn't. <laughs> okay. I tried that too. I tried that too. <laughs> Let doesn't me just work. tell you that. Yeah, um, but when you get off work at one, two o'clock in the morning, mm. you know, there's nothing else open. Yeah. Um, and so for me, there was a season of life where I, I did not do it well. And I've had to learn and I'm actually still learning how to really yeah. take care of myself in the midst of that and still trying to um, keep a foot in the door with reporting. You know, I've been back and forth, for example, to Haiti a couple times. I was there right after the earthquake reporting. Oh. And um, and it, it this time there was something in me that shifted. I think because I've become into a more hopeful place in my own life and I've really embraced my faith and I've really said, okay, God, here I am. And, and allowed peace and joy to find me and to flow through me, it's very different now for me. Um, and it doesn't mean I don't grieve over some of the things that I'm seeing. And I think that's it, is allowing ourselves to be able to go through the emotions of what we experience as creative people. We're, we tend to feel things more differently. We have a propensity to it. It's just not letting it become part of everything that's within you. And, and that's different for different people. Some people it might be, you know, running. Some people it might be meditation. Some people, you know, it's going to be a, a combination of things. We have to find it for ourselves and we have to help each other find. What do you feel about when Rachel Maddow broke down? They're on camera. I mean, like, I've right. done it a couple of times. Yeah. I try not yeah. to, but I've done it a couple of times, too. It does happen, but it really affected her telling the story. She couldn't finish. And I remember the first time I really 
thought uh, saw somebody break down on camera. It was Rosie, um, and it was over the shooting in uh, Colorado. Oh, I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah. And I just did, I literally had no idea how to respond myself yeah, because yeah. I was still so detached from my emotions. And unfortunately, in 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 the business in this industry, it's still not necessarily all right. Depending on the show, I mean, if yes. you're on Oprah and you're her guest, you know right. she wants that. Yes, but uh, <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Sorry, Oprah. <laughs> yeah, it does. my show too. My cry, right. cry. Right. Right. Um, yes, you like, know, and, and, uh, and as a reporter, um, you know, I, I was known for being able to make people cry within just a few questions wow. because I was like, you know, just let's get right to it, you know. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it's it's I think we're, we're we've improved in terms of letting people find a place to get healthy and trying to come around each other as a community. And I hope that, you know, what we're seeing right now and and the remembrance of Michael Jackson and everything we won't just be quiet and be silent. And that was the thing with Michael Jackson. I remember I was in my office at work not too far from where uh, they were going to be taking his body. And I remember looking out the window, and I don't know if you recall, but it was a gap between the time that they found him overdosed and the time that 911 was called in Michael Jackson's death. And I can't remember exactly how long it was. But it was enough that there was a question. Had somebody called right away, would he be alive? And I remember standing in my office going, if I'm ever in that position... I'm going to make the phone call. Right. Knowing, though, that the person that makes that phone call usually is like in a boatload of trouble. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> but I thought, and, and, yeah. I don't, I, I, and, and you know, the weird thing, and then about uh, seven years later, I was literally in that position with a celebrity. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, we're, we're celebrities, eh? No? <laughs> I, no, I can't say, but what I can say is... Um, it was weird how life played out because there I was, you know, I never met Michael Jackson. I never expected no, right, right. to be in that position, but I just thought, we'll never know if he would be alive. And we knew he struggled with certain issues related to mental health. But, no, you know, and so that, that those few minutes, how precious, who knows what could have happened. And then when I was in that position, I walked into the room, found the person unconscious. And what I realize now is why people don't make the cause is, is generally oh. the people around them have been through it. Many times where they've seen them and they and the person snaps out of it, you know, they slap them or they give them something and the person comes too. So you're thinking this is going to be like all the other times they're going to come out of it. Well, there's going to be that one time that they don't come out of it. And uh, and so I made made the decision to make that call. And and it did cost me the position I had at the time, to be honest. Yeah. Within five minutes. Well, sometimes you got to be human sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, at least you're you're not dying on my watch. Right, <laughs> you know, no, yeah, exactly. You know. And but it was the series, and and I also had said, you know, I'm going to be very bold with the people around me and say, are you struggling? What are you are you thinking of committing suicide? And what are your thoughts on where you know what are you taking? What kind of drugs are you taking? And I had to say to one of my bosses too, and I said, I don't do bail, you know, because she was right. taking so many drugs. Right. And I'm like, and I would sneak into her office and get the names off of the pill bottles right. because I'm like, this is too many drugs, and I don't know if she ODs. I have no idea what she's I had to get off of Xanax. I was taking Xanax and a few other things after some of the deaths that happened, uh, especially when my dog of 15 years died mm. suddenly, and then my grandmother died the next day suddenly. So I was, I was extremely close to both of them, and it was like my heart, I couldn't, I couldn't even right, afford. Right. But I found I did get a little hooked, and I was like, I had to right. stop. Wow. I had to get off of it because it was like, because right. they were just evening me out, which is only a band aid mm-hmm. to the problem. Mm-hmm. But I was just—they just like here, James. Here's some drugs. Just taking them. And I was just taking them. And they, I'm like, okay, it's three months later, and I'm still taking them. Yeah. I don't really need to have take. You know, it's like I had to get off. So that thing is—it's very easy. Everybody, it's very easy. I got hooked on Nyquil years ago. I'm telling you, it's very easy to do that. It is, and especially it. I, you know, I've been, I've lived in everywhere from New York to Chicago, uh, Portland, San Francisco, and LA. I mean, you know, major cities. Yes. I had never, I have to admit, seen as many drugs as I've seen in LA. Oh, okay. I, it, of all the cities, and part of that I think is because it's a creative industry, yes. and people are taking so much. And, and I would say to one person, "I'm like, well, why are you taking this?" And she said, "Well, that keeps me up in the day. Well, why are you taking that? Well, that puts me down to sleep at night. Well, why are you taking that? Well, that's for my anxiety. And it's one thing. And well, that's for my back pain. It's one thing after another after another. And um, and I don't want to slam the medical industry necessarily, but a lot of times they're not monitoring. It's a business. <laughs> right? It is a business, people. It is a it business. Is business. I'll and, say it. <laughs> I'll be shady today. I'll say right. it. It's a and business. I at one point had actually gotten the names of doctors who were supplying drugs illegally, yes. prescription drugs, knowing, um, but there's money to be made in that. And I actually yes. took it to a publisher and said, hey, here's a story. I've got the suppliers. We can put these people out of business and maybe save some lives. And do you know what he said to me? He said, we can't do that kind of story because we'll lose too many advertisers. We would. <laughs> because the pharmaceuticals don't want to advertise right. around it. And I'm like, we don't save lives because we're going to lose money. 
The yeah. green, the green yeah. is first. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I do want to do a special shout out to Farrah Fawcett, who also died today too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's mm-hmm. funny for mm-hmm. me is that it got overshadowed because mm-hmm. Michael obviously right, was a bigger right. star, but I was right. a huge Farrah Fawcett band back in the seventies. Love Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I think we all movie. did. Yeah, right. And her hair. Uh, I had that same hair in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh, I had a long. Oh, yeah, I had a long no way. Hair. Oh, we pictures. gotta find a picture of that. We definitely gotta find a picture. I have blonde hair. One point two. This is out there. They're out there. Some folks, some of you have seen them. But anyway, but no, but I remember I was out of town in New York. Found out she died that morning. Got on a plane. I was flying back home cross country. Got off the plane, and Michael had died. Wow! So I like so those two deaths to me are very connected. Mm-hmm. She had anal cancer, the whole separate 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 thing for her. But she had mental stuff too that went on right. with her too. Right. For the creative, and then Ryan O'Neal and all that stuff that went on with them and abuse. And he had mental and, and drug and alcohol problems. It's funny because you're right. It's, I love that you keep saying because I love languages. You know that the temperament of creative mm-hmm. people. That is what we're talking about. We think a yeah. little differently yeah, yeah. than businessmen and stuff, correct? Right. And I, I found something this week that just said, um, let's see if I can find it, from Scientific, Amer- Scientific American. And it says, um, artists and creative people, writers, especially if you're a writer out there, are 20 times, 20 times more likely to suffer from bipolar disorder. And creative people are 10 times more likely to suffer from depression than the average person. And there's still studies that have to be done to see what is the coalition, uh, the correlation between that. But as artists, it's just absolutely mind-boggling to well, me that we have, you know, just such a, a propensity. But it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. As, you read yeah. those, as you read those statistics, I also I start thinking as a lay person watching the tortured artist. That's yeah. the, right. the, the, right. you know, the best art comes when, when a comedian is sad in real life or, or some of the best music comes out because... They're pulling all their their tragedy into me, and you know I'm I'm a I'm also an, a, a recording artist, and I'm also an, a writer and a poet, and some of my frustration I have poured into my work, yeah, right, which is a, right, which is a right. blessing, but then the curse of that is I'm living it, yeah. Yeah. At the same yeah. time. And I was talking with some people like how do we, you know, stay in tune with the parts yes. that make us creative and not uh, allow it to, you know, become a monster within us, you know. And I, and one of the quotes I was reading it it said this great thing about how we have both the poison of, you know, creativity that leads to possibly depression, but we also have the antidote within us, which is creativity helps people get out of depression. And sometimes you know, you hear a great song, you hear see a great yes. piece of art and it begins a journey to wholeness and healing. And so we have both of those within us and so I've I've tried to learn how to um, use that ability to feel deeply in terms of my creativity um, by again it goes back to self care too you know how do I allow myself to go into maybe some of the dark places especially with some of my acting and I have to thank um, my coach Diane Venora um, who is a great actor from um, she she got famous for Heat and um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah and I've been able to work with her and she really teaches artists how to. Um, use uh, the the whole body, including the emotions, but not letting that become somehow that you, you get lost in it. And uh, and I, I can't explain it to you because it's definitely a uh, you know one of those tightrope things. Yes. And one of my friends put it best. She said it's like dancing on the edge of a knife. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as as I'm a certified life coach, and in my practice, we always talk about the first everything's mindset, and we're talking about the mind right now. So we're talking about everything's in the mind. So we're talking about that. And one of the first things we have to do as people is try to get to our center. Now, to get there takes some work to actually get to our core, get to our center. Um, and one of the things that I always suggest to people, and I was, we always say invite people to do this, is to first really look at yourself. It's a hard thing to do, to like really look at And what you. are we looking for? <laughs> you're, looking at, you're trying to look at yourself very clearly and honestly, without blame, mm. without shame. You want, like, okay, for example, this is a magazine. You look at it, you're like, it's a magazine. It's a magazine about entertainment. Okay, some people like it, some people don't. You want to find a way to look at yourself the same way. I see myself, for example, I'm James Lott Jr. I'm fat. I got fat. doesn't matter how I got there, but I am. But you know what? I look pretty good, though. Otherwise, I'm still pro-preserved, and there are times when I feel sad, and there are times when I feel happy. I wish I had a partner in my life. Like, like really look honestly with yourself. You have to get there. It's not easy to do that, mm-hmm. to put a mirror to yourself and go, I'm this. But that's how you first start getting to your center, is when you look at yourself as plainly as, like, this is a cup. You got to think of it in terms like that. This is, a, this is an iPad. 
You got to yourself almost as simple, just plainly as that. With got to take the judgment. Like no, out. Yeah, I was gonna say no judgment is take what it sounds like, and, and the shame and all the other feelings right. that go along with right. guilt. And um, you know, I had a, a lot of guilt for sure because um, part of my job was making sure people went to prison. And afterward, I was I like, I'm not really sure I did the right thing in some cases. Right. Um, but uh, so there was a lot of guilt for um, certain over certain things, and it was like that no judgment yes. um, kind of a thing. You was have very, to, for, you very have to learn different. to, forgive, to forgive. Yes, that was it. Like for me, it was easy to forgive others. Right. It wasn't so easy maybe to forgive myself. Right. And I think especially as creative, some of us who are add creativity and perfectionism. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like yes. you've got you know just this 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 poison almost um, uh, potion before you when you have throw in the perfectionism. Like I had that. a guest on here. I've done 170 whatever shows of the show. They told me they thought they were supposed to be tortured mm. to be creative. Mm. Mm-hmm. They saw that in TV mm-hmm. and movies, right. so they thought, "Well, I got to live a tortured life to be tortured." And they found out all they do was torturing themselves. Right, right. But the yeah. creativity's there, but why am I? Putting this on me, putting labels right. on you. Yeah, yeah. I, it's you know, it's definitely a myth. It doesn't need to be true. I understand, like what you were saying is sometimes we can channel that, you know, the parts of us that are tortured into something that is maybe very creative. And like for me, a lot of times, you know, I think a lot of people deal with anxiety, for example. And for some reason, I've found um, that's something that definitely I have to wrestle with. Is oh my gosh, what about this? Back to that perfectionism. As a perfectionist, you're like, I didn't do that. I didn't get that done. That's not going to get. That's not going to happen. And next thing you know, you know you worked yourself into some sort of a panic attack and so for me I've learned to that's sometimes the time I should just get up and work because I've got like kind of all this you know energy flowing through me and it's like okay I can create that and I can create I can do that on the way I can do that I can make that I can make that and so I think it's learning um, how to use it versus having it attack us and there's no such thing as perfection I'm going to say that 20 times you guys There's no such thing as perfect or perfection. Are you sure? I am completely <laughs> positive, Shay. I am completely positive. There isn't. There isn't. There yeah. isn't because you'll because then it means you'll never reach it. Right. Right. You'll always it's be unattainable. Searching. It's unattainable. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no such thing. Think this show isn't perfect. Nothing's perfect. Things are good. Things are great. Mm-hmm. Things are wonderful. But things aren't perfect. Yeah, and that's it's it's learning to accept that too. I think will take a lot of that pressure off of us. Yes, but it is not an easy thing no, for some reason, and all. I don't uh, I don't know why. But I know you know every day I get up and I want things to look perfect. I want them yes. to be perfect, and um, and and they're just not. You know. Well, I learned you know that especially in therapy, I stopped looking for happiness. Mm-hmm. I stopped looking for freedom. Freedom, I do saw my clients freedom leads to joy, which can give you and bring you happiness. Joy is an inward thing. It's very much, if you have inner joy, inner inner peace, that's what's going to bring you freedom to be fully who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've learned it because happiness is just one of the many emotions we have at any given day. Angry, sad, right. Right. cry, you know, crying, whatever. That's all an emotion. But for me, a state of mind is freedom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I might be able to think about that for a second. It's like as a host, as a person who's in this business, who's trying to make it, you know, you gotta find, you gotta allow yourself some freedom to know that you're gonna hear a lot of no's. Yes, you will hear a lot of no's. You hear some yeses. Mm-hmm. There are small things. This is the thing, big thing of your perfection thing, and you probably know this. You probably heard people do this. They have a, they have a, a small. They have a victory. Something comes yeah. through, and it's good. Yeah. Well, that's good, but. There is that word. <laughs> when we get to that question, that's going to be the word we shouldn't use. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, so it's, so seriously, it's like, mm-hmm. why are we doing right, that to ourselves? Right. Why are we budding ourselves? Like, no, you got this gig. It's a small one, but it's good. It's yeah. going to lead you somewhere. It's, uh, any movement is good. It's movement. Mm-hmm. It's good. So stop doing that because you're thinking, well, I didn't get this. Right. And I think another thing is um, being able to maybe get comfortable with expressing to the people around you what's going on in our heads and not in, so it doesn't come out in this outburst. And like last night it was a small thing, but to me it was a big thing and I was trying to get a new phone hooked up and they <laughs> messed it up at the store. Yes. Well, it wiped out all my uh, ability to access data. I had no ability to access data, which in our business is critical. Uh-huh, if an audition yes. comes through, it's coming through on my data plan yeah. and I've got, oh I've goodness. got you know, and I needed directions to get here. <laughs> you know, just, so it, it was not necessarily 
necessarily a small thing, but it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't, you yeah, know, a death right, of a loved one. It was more a major inconvenience because they're like, okay, well, we'll get to it on the 28th. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, the 28th. <laughs> and then the 8th, I, I shouldn't say the name of the company, but. <laughs> say it, say it. Let's be shady. Let's say it. The no. phone rep yes. starts trying to sell me on better plans. He's like, well, I just want you, and and, and including a TV plan. Oh, and I'm sitting there running along the sidewalk trying to get back so I can get, you know, some sleep before, you know, coming here and everything else today. And I just stopped on the sidewalk and I said, please, do not try to sell me anything or you're going to make me very upset. <laughs> you know, because I could just feel my yes, anxiety yes. level rising. I had a self-tape audition that I was trying to do. And, you know, so yes. it, was, it was all this bad. It's also the things that are battling for our creativity, yes. too. And that's yes. how, you know, and, and he just right away, he was like, oh, oh. Well, I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> I love it. No, that, that, that's the thing. It's like you, we just have, we have to, we have to get back to ourselves and really have talks with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you said, again, being non-judgmental, but it's, just having a talk with yourself and saying, okay, right now I'm boiling over. You, you right. know, you recognize right. that. Right. I am right. boiling over. I got to let this person know, please do not do that anymore because it'll get really bad. Yeah. And that's yeah. good. And my therapist actually just told me that recently to say, how I feel more to people. Yeah, and it's it's um, foreign for some of it us, is. you know, well, especially in, you know, for me, not necessarily being wired that way. And I think learning to um, to understand not everything has to have the same weight. You know, like for example, I got here yeah, and I had just bought a new shirt yesterday because I'm like, oh, I'm going to look all styling. And we got this, you know, event afterward. I put it on and I got here and I realized it's ripped. Uh, <laughs> it's my brand new shirt. Uh, <laughs> and so fortunately, you know, I had this one in my yes. bag. You're from LA, but I'm, so right. I'm like, it. okay, carry another shirt. Right. Uh, you don't necessarily want to wear white for an audition, but this is what they're going to get. And so I just thought, you know, <laughs> that on the scale of things, you know, probably would have upset me greatly in the yes. past. But now I'm like, you know what? That doesn't really need much of my attention. And so I've learned to understand guess. what needs to I to, I need to give weight to and what I don't need to give weight to. That's so and smart. Yes. Um, and and that's been really helpful. To too. Yes. And, you know, I always call it, um, sometimes you fall into the pain Olympics, mm. where this is like really bad. This is, this is badder. You know, I'm make some bad mm. English. And this is good. <laughs> this is gooder. You know, and I, I'm being funny, of course, but like there's all these things where things are relative to the time. And I, and I love what you just said. You figure out what's really important right. in that mm-hmm. moment. Like, what's really important? I mean, is that shirt really the most important thing? Or show right. up for a good interview right. and you still, you're still going to look nice. Or still do that self-audition and just do the best audition you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless right. of what you're wearing. Because it's, it's what you have. Right. You, know, you don't wear a ripped shirt. I mean, that's not going to make you... They're going to focus on the ripped shirt. Right, exactly. Exactly. Because it was like, you could just... I'm like, oh, why did I notice that? they <laughs> <laughs> be like, why is she wearing a ripped shirt? Yeah, yeah so, and, and I think it's also, you know, putting it in perspective, like you were saying, too, and I should be celebrating, you know, I don't have a lot of clothes because I lost so much weight because I had gained it from that yeah, stressful job. Yeah. And then about four years ago, I said, you know, I'm going to really concentrate on getting healthy and physically because I feel like our, our physical health is obviously yes. clearly tied to our mental health. Yes. And, you know, for me, I knew I was in trouble in all counts when um, I lived on the fifth story of a building at the time. And so with the garage parking, I was I was going to have to walk up seven flights of stairs because the elevator went out. And okay, this I'm going to just tell crying, myself. You start crying. Well, <laughs> no, I went to the Starbucks across the street. Okay. Like next. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do seven <laughs> flights of stairs. Okay. Right. And that's when I'm like, this is not good. Right. This all is right. not. This is not at all a healthy place. And clearly, when I'm having to just choose to go to the Starbucks because I only had to go up to the lobby versus go up to my apartment, yeah. um, I had to do something. And so, um, but it's, it took a while. Like I said, I'm going to give myself so much time. I'm not. This was where I was able to not be a perfectionist because I had tried everything and failed mm-hmm. um, before. And so I said, I'm just going to. You know, it might take a couple years. I'm going to do it the slow road. Um, but it's going to. Uh, I'm going to make sure whatever changes I make. This was healthy for me. I don't know if it will be for others. I'm going to make sure there are changes I can do for the rest of my life. Yes. Like I did not want to do just another diet. I didn't want to do where <sighs> yes, I just restrict stuff for six months right. and the weight comes off because right. it's just going to come back on. Yep. And I knew that, as a, you know, and that had nothing to do with my creativity. It's just I, I've been through that enough to know. Me too. And so I, you know, I don't restrict myself from anything now. If I want cake, I eat the cake. And then I just learned how to, you know, manage that with, you know, everything else so that I'm not, you know, 250 pounds at five foot two. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Right. Well, I want to ask you, that's a good segue. I want to ask you, uh, especially, this is for both of us because I mean, this happens to men now, too. Mm-hmm. The advent of the Instagram. 
Um, a lot of people are on the IG, and there are times when I'm like, does anybody work on their vacation? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, like, I know that people are putting their best lives mm-hmm. on there. So what are some of your just tips on on people who are trying to make it in this business, especially when we're talking about, like, to host, um, and you see people who are skinny, and maybe you're not as skinny, or they're really blonde, right. you're not as blonde, or they have a ripped body, you know, you have a one-pack, not a six. I mean, what are some of your kind of just tips on navigating that? You know, it's it's a very real pressure, because yes. so much of our world is social media and image, even more so than it has ever been at I any agree. point in time. And I know that it's uh, we each have to find maybe what's healthy for us. For me, for example, uh, anyone who like tries to find me on Instagram is going to realize, wow, she's not posting a bunch of selfies. Just because uh, I had to make a choice um, to wean myself off of a lot of social media. I spend most of my time on social media in our group, the hosts in L.A., with people I'm going to actually meet and get to know and maybe that I can help and who can help me as far as career goes. And that's what I decided to pour my energy into because I felt for me, um, I will admit, I realized I was getting addicted to social media in a way that was not healthy and I was comparing you know, my life to other people's yes. lives. But I'll tell you, when I, it wasn't hard for me to realize I have a problem. I was actually in Haiti like I said, after the um, earthquake in 2010, I think was when the big earthquake hit, and we got on a plane handling communications for a medical team and went to Haiti, not sure when we were ever going to be able to come back or anything like that, you know, massive destruction. I was writing articles yeah. for a news magazine, but um, during the times, uh, most of the time, we weren't able to get on the internet, wow. and I was literally in my tent having panic attacks. Because I couldn't get on the internet. <laughs> oh my God. Give me Facebook. Like literally, it was like this, yes. I could feel this, like an addict would be. Like, give me my drug, you know. And I and I finally found a way to sneak off and get it. I mean, literally, it was like an addict, okay. <laughs> Stop laughing, because there's a lot of people out no, there who, are gonna, who would do too, the same I way. I guarantee you, you take yes. their inter- internet away for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. They're not going to be able to breathe. Right. right. And <laughs> no, because I, I went through it when I went to Yosemite. I mean, that's not even that far away. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the, the thing when I couldn't get, couldn't get any messages or anything, and I was gone for a weekend, and I remember coming out of it, and I kind of got used to it a little bit. After, after the weekend, I first saw Jonesing for him. Isn't it got, nice? Though? It's kind of nice. No one's break. bothering me. Yeah. I got anxiety, actually, yeah. when the messages started populating. Right. Right. As we got closer right. to civilization, yeah. it's got more. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to look at my phone right now. Like, let's look at that later. Like, I got anxiety actually. Yeah. I, had, I was like, I probably have ten thousand messages. Yeah, and so it's 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 so the weirdest thing. And then last night, you know, I'm cut off and I'm having anxiety yes, because I'm right. cut off yes. from you know data. So I don't, you know, I'm still working on that one myself. But yeah. I will say um, for sure that if looking at certain people's, what I've tried to look to understand about myself is who do whose feeds do I look at where I'm not feeling good. Yes. And I hate to say it, I have to just unfollow them. And it may be because they're posting all this political stuff. And and that's just not what I want to wake up to in the morning. Good, you know, I don't yeah. care what you think about Trump or whatever right. at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. Right, and so I've right. just learned that that's mostly what those people, though, that's what they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. And it just means I can just, I can go ahead and mute that then. And so I'm learning, Good. you know, sure. there's other people who are like, I don't know why the thing with the duck lips, when is that going to die, James? Yes, yes I grow on When? Know. I grow on stop saying I do lips. not want to see duck lips at yes. 7 in the morning. Morning. Yes, okay, I know. So. Well, that's good. That you said that's good. And you can actually, again, you're in control, folks. Right, right, right. That's it. Right there. You that's just it, said right cause you just you just mm-hmm. set it up for me. Mm-hmm. You're in control. If you don't want to see certain things that make you mm-hmm. feel bad, yeah. you can exactly. actually there's all kinds of things. You can mute, block, unfollow, whatever. And also media mm-hmm. platforms, there's mm-hmm. a way to do it. Yeah. 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 So you don't see it. You know, but the truth is that some of us are addicted to comparing ourselves. I know. And that's a whole nother thing, which leads to, you want to talk about something that leads to depression yeah, well, yes. and suicidal thoughts, that's right. it right there, you know. And I think what I try to tell people is, you know, just look at when, when those thoughts of comparison come, look at your hand. Just look at your hand. I got a pet manicure yesterday. So. Okay, very nice. You're looking very good. I need one. Okay, it's fine. Right. Thanks. Not one of us have the same fingerprint that's true. in the entire world. That's true. Is that not seven? Isn't what seven billion? Yeah. That tells us each of us is so unique. Each of us has something to bring to this world that yeah. our fingerprints are different, and that's why it's so stupid to compare. And I think for me, what really set me free from that, you know, you were talking about freedom. Mm-hmm. I was going somewhere um, with a friend, you know, beautiful, tall, blonde girl. You're American, looks and everything like that. About five foot ten. I don't know why I seem to pick up tall friends. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes. Um, 
And I just remember being so envious because I knew, like, you know, she's everybody's going to be looking at her yes. and she's not going to buy a drink for the rest of the night because every guy <laughs> is going to be sending her over a drink and, and I'll be overlooked. Um, and I just... Literally, you know, I don't know. I mean, Joy Behar says people who think God talks to them are crazy, but I don't care because I really felt like God said to me in that moment, I'm never going to give you long legs. <laughs> okay. So get over it. <laughs> right. And, I, and it was yes. like this. I, I literally was like, I, I stopped and I went, I am ridiculous. I'm envious over something I will never. You can't get them. Ever, no. ever have. Right. And it was just like this light bulb moment went on, though, where I'm just like, I can spend all my life, the rest of my life, being so envious over her big boobs and her long legs. Am I allowed to say boobs? Yeah, boobs. That's <laughs> fine. Yes. Yeah. Or I can, I can rejoice in who I am. Right. And but it was one of those moments where a light literally went on. That was me too. I had a, I had a thing where yeah, you look at people, you go, wow, they made. And people always ask me why you're always so supportive to your friends in the business. Like mm-hmm. I do. It says when they win, I win. I feel like everybody because it's hard in this business to get any kind of victories. I'm like good yeah, for you. Yeah. If you get something, mm-hmm. everybody, I'm all happy. But I had to learn just to focus on me. I can I can look at their successes now and go, that's great. Right. That's good for that's their path. That's good for them. That I'm on my own path. And maybe for me, and some people for God, some people say God. Well, God is is going to give me my path. He's he's, he's showing me where mm-hmm, I need to go. Mm-hmm. So I can't worry about what so and so doing over here. Even though, yeah, we're the same age and mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. same color, both black or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's like good. He got something great. Yeah. That means opportunities are still out there for me yeah. too. Yeah, and I, I just tell people my time, you know, has, it hasn't right. come yet. It, it's it's going to come. Right, right. Come. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like fully, you know, because some of my friends are so successful. Like I had to, I was doing that event the last time I was up yeah. here, and I reached out to some of my friends, and I was looking at their titles because you know you, I forget, you know, some I've had most of my friends for a long time, and I yeah. forget, you know, they're like the president of, oh, yes. you know, this company. They're the g- general manager for a professional baseball team, and I'm like, I'm sitting there going down the list, and I'm thinking. We're the same age, and they own the world practically. Mm-hmm. And I am still struggling to pay the rent. Right. Well, hello, <laughs> I'm rolling pennies yesterday, right. like that kind of thing. Right. Right. Well, right. And so, in those moments, though, it's like yeah. you know, you want to talk about leading to depression. Those yes. kinds of things really, truly right. can. And yeah. um, and I think it's that. How do we learn to become not just okay with where we're at at this point in our lives, but celebrating? Where we're at at this point, and it's okay. To, and I would feel it's okay to have that emotion when it happens. Acknowledge it mm-hmm. and try to work out of it. Like have the emotion. If you like, I, I am kind of sad. Everybody's so successful, but then try to work out of it. Don't try to sit in it. And how do you um, do that? Well, one of the things, one of the things you just said is like, look at yourself. And go, okay, that's them. They got there. However, they got there. Do you want to do what they're doing? Chances are no. I don't want to be a president of a golf club or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to do that. I want to be a host of my own TV show, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I, and am I working on that? I am working on that. Okay. And did I, did I just do – yes, I did that. I worked the Emmys there. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Like I have to remind myself and just remind themselves what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're not doing – the work to get where you want to go, acknowledge that too. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Say, okay, well, you know what? They got there. They, they worked really hard to get there. I really haven't really done yes. much in I, I didn't write that screenplay that I was talking about this last three years. Or I didn't mm. I didn't really go for that audition. I should have went. I, I canceled on an audition. Like yeah, again, but again, without judgment, just kind of again, this is a magazine, this is a cup, this is a let me just go, I didn't I didn't do anything. So I see why they're where they are because they work very hard. I haven't worked as right. hard. You know, and it's like little things that can make a difference. Like I thought, oh I, I, I definitely want, at this point need you know, want some more money in my life. And I thought mm-hmm. I know what to do. Yes. And I, there's little things I'm not doing, like for example, you know, I Ubered here, you know, so I can go have a fun time afterwards. <laughs> and I thought, why did I put that on a credit card where now I'm paying Uber and interest? Why didn't I put that on my debit card, you know, link it? And it's little things like that. And so I do feel like, you know, it's kind of like losing weight. We know, like most of us know what we need to do to get to a certain point. But it's it's getting, you know, making those first few steps. And I love this quote. I can't remember who says it. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a a single step. Yes, I like that one. And and it's like, okay, what is the small step I can take today? And then just building on that. And that's also, you know, like for me, what I did with weight loss, I thought I'm not going to just try to change everything. I'm going to try and change one thing. The one thing at, at, at at a time and for me like I, I was addicted to Diet Coke like drugs were not my thing I don't know 
I just knew that if I started taking any yeah. drugs, yeah. like that, the there was no recovery. It wasn't happening. Right. And so I've actually never taken anything, um, n- not even prescription meds. Um, yeah. I, like I had those for one day and I was like, no, that is not happening. Mm-hmm. And so, but Diet Coke, that was, oh baby, get up in the morning and start chugging up. <laughs> that, that, that is addicting. You it like is. Sugar and, and I don't, like, and it's not healthy. And I no. thought, I'm, I'm going to start with the one thing and can I get healthy in terms of getting off a of Diet Coke? And it was not easy. That's why, yes. you know, I, that's why I'm like, I'm not, I can't can't focus on other things right now because getting off of this one thing is going to be brutal. <laughs> yes. And people also, people ask me all the time how I get things. I ask. I research. Mm-hmm. I ask. Mm-hmm. I set up meetings. I make phone calls. I send out emails. In this business, you can't always wait for people to come to you. Yeah. yeah. And so I do go to people. And sometimes they, again, I hear some no's. But at least I asked. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that's, those are all small steps that you were just talking about to getting something that you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you sit at home and just get depressed and don't say anything, well, nothing ever happens for me. Well, what are you doing to make things come into your orbit? Yeah. And I think also if we can't make it happen for us, how can we help make it happen for somebody else? And that's what one of the things that, um, like, the group that I run, I get asked a lot of times, you know, you're helping other people get jobs. And some of the people I've helped get, you know, great jobs with BBC, other places, you know, big, big, oh, yeah. big. And they're like, uh, you haven't gotten yourself a job. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you get them a positions, they remember you. And I, I think also mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, it, it's, it's, that's what we're on this planet yeah. for if we really go back to it, that it's, it's, that it's a community. Well, my saying on this show is we lift each other up, share knowledge, and pay it forward. That's my that's that's my model from the very beginning. And those three things are what you do, what I do with people on my show. Mm-hmm. I, I showcase people who are newbies, and they go on other things. I'm happy for them. I'm glad I was yeah. a part yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, later, I, one person I had on the show wrote me a part in his movie, like two years later. Oh. And I did a movie with Vivica Fox. I mean, I did a little small wow. part. So I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. so you never know. You never, mm-hmm. The thing is, mm-hmm. when you help each other, you link each other up, and you help mm-hmm. each other, you never know who's going to come back to you and say, "Yes, I heard this job. That'd be great for right. you. Or you'd be great for that hosting gig. Or you'd be great for like You never know. You just yeah. never know. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes it's just because, um, you know, it's not even that we can help each other, but it's just there's a friendship maybe that can mm-hmm. even come out of, you know, what we're talking about too. And, and I, I, that's why I get so excited sometimes with the way I've decided to do my social media. I'm not, like I said, I, maybe I could be getting my better, you know, positions or whatever if I was a little bit more active somehow. But like I said, for me, it, it's such a drain, and especially with my addiction to, you know, yeah. technology. Yeah. It, it's not a healthy place for me and so I'm like okay I'm going to have to figure out a different way too I think that's another thing is figuring out the way that works for us as individuals to get us where we want to go and I th- I'm just going to have to build it through relationships that I can actually you know person to person versus maybe somebody randomly seeing me or building up my certain number of followers or something like that that's not working for me because I'm also not happy that way right and also so I might get successful but I'm not going to be happy I'm glad you just said that there is not just one path to get where you're going Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is it's just as unique as you are, and you should find. And I'm glad you said that. You should find the path that fully works for you, that feeds you spiritually or mentally, mm-hmm. physically, whatever it is that works for you. Right, right. No matter what, yeah. people, people can tell you all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter if that if you don't like that, don't bring it into your life. Mm-hmm. Just because they tell mm-hmm. you, you should do it that way, don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Do it the way you want to do it, and things will happen the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, they will. And in, and in the right timing, too. Right time. you know. And, and I look at some of the opportunities I was offered younger, and I had said on the last show, you know, fear often prevented me from even taking those offers, even though it was what I wanted. Right. But I wasn't ready either. Yeah, and I true. think I would have killed myself if I had taken some of those See? opportunities because I don't think I understood the level of hatred people can have, Ooh, especially yes. on social media these days. Yes, I and, know. And because I did not have good boundaries and I didn't have good self-care, like I was definitely oh my god how can I respond to that what can I do oh they don't like me they hate me oh my god you know and it was this this like no peace whatsoever and so I think that that would have definitely destroyed me um had I had I had that opportunity when I was younger you look at you know um people like unfortunately Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade that then had that level of success and you think what was it why what that was so depressing when they had everything that their hearts desired it seemed Mm -hmm. and so I think it's also understanding that just because you get 
to this place that you think is going to make you happy, that's not the thing that's going to make you happy. It's, right. it, it has to be in place, I think, before we get there. I agree. And I just want to say to you all out there, because I understand this better than anybody else, because um, I do shows where we give our opinions and shows like this. Um, if you're a host or an interviewer or somebody who does shows, do not read the comments. Really? So you never read your comments? Not anymore. Why is that? Because they're horrible. Uh, no, there are some good comments, um, but I have found that majority of the comments these days, and I'm not talking about like on social media, mm-hmm. but like like the ones that are like on YouTube mm-hmm. or on iTunes, a lot of them I don't read anymore because they're so, they attack me for my, my weight, they attack me for my gender, they attack me mm-hmm. for my gap teeth, they attack me for- <laughs> I love for, your gap. I, I, love, I'm not gonna read, I love my gap too. I'm not gonna, me and Michael Strahan. Is David Letterman around and still? David Letterman yeah. and Madonna, we all have our gaps. Mind the gap. Um... But no, we get there, are, and I've told people, I've told people all the time: there are people out there who just—that's just their right. job—is to tear you down mm-hmm. because they have anything else to do, right. or makes them feel good, or whatever it is. So a lot of times, if you're on, if you're on something that's semi-successful, you can't really read the comments anymore. I just mm-hmm. can't anymore. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get like a private message, or I'll get um, on Twitter people directly say things like, oh, "You're wonderful." That's I'll do that. But on YouTube, I had to stop reading the comments because they just—they're just so horrendous, and I had to learn it doesn't feed me if I read these comments. I just get upset, mm-hmm. and like you said, yeah. you mute, mute it out. It just doesn't work. Sorry, folks. That's where we live today. You just can't yeah. read the comments. Yeah, anymore. and I think um, so much of our society is geared towards our vanity, and yes. that is—I um, think—learning to grow. Without um, being, you know, vain, and I say, I say myself included, because you know, sometimes I, I guarantee you, everybody has done this, where you post something on um, social media, and then for whatever reason, maybe there was social, you know, Facebook was doing something, and it doesn't get a lot of likes or something, and so we delete it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am not the only one. I know that I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, okay, for me, unfortunately, so <laughs> I'm very photogenic. No, I know. No, here's the, here's the truth for me. I've never dealt with my looks before because I was the funny one. I was the smart oh, one. I was the personality. Wow. Uh-huh. So if you attack my personality, I get upset. Looks-wise, I'm like, well, I am, I mean, I, I never, I never, I was never one of those people who, I never had a six-pack. I never, right. I never, so I never, you know, being a black man, I just, I mean, I just never, I was never a part of the mainstream, so I just never... For me, looks were never a thing for me. Interesting. It's my personality. And I wonder, I I think most women, I I would say, for us it's looks, you know, because we're so judged on our looks. And and that's when the comments for me were so hard, especially when I first became a public figure. And I was much heavier at the time. And the comments were just horrible. And in fact... I, you know, I was not a nice person. Remember, I said that. So this one man said, he said to me, to my face, I don't think he's watching. Uh, It's been a few years now. And he said, wow, if you were 20 pounds thinner, I would marry you. And, you know, I I kicked him right where it counts. Okay, go on, I did. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. So I can ask you this. I also think black women in, on TV, especially in media, have to really wash their hair. Um, <laughs> Come on, that was you know we, are, we are a black house. You alive. are so, so, so right. I think more than women. Yeah, definitely. One of my greatest frustrations in being on camera is it doesn't matter what the story I, I'm doing. It doesn't matter who I'm interviewing. <laughs> the number one thing comment is going to be about the hair. Is that crazy? The hair was out of place. Oh, right. the hair was this. From the black hair people, was what? Right. Yeah. Black people tell uh, you, like, or she, she needs to get it. You know, she, <laughs> she, she, needs, she needs to her get edges, in there. Her right. edges are good. <laughs> okay, and for me, I'm all natural, okay? There ain't no beauty shop here there ain't no nothing and so yeah it's gonna it's gonna look natural okay and i and i thought you know that's me though i am probably coming here after going on a long run probably going on a hike you know and i'm not gonna spend all this money and time in the salon at this point in my life maybe i need to okay i admit it (laughs) okay (laughs) but i I found myself looking at mrs obama when she when they were in the bread like her hair looks good okay it's good like i was like oh thank god her hair looks looks (laughs) <laughs> it's fine. But it's a thing that black folks, we really look at our hair. We wear about it. We about do. And hair. I wish we, you know, we're starting to embrace more of yes, the natural yes, hair. And uh, But when I when I first started, I will say, I was, you know, my boss was like, well, we're going to send you somewhere Dang. about your hair. <laughs> Dang. Oh, 
like, oh my god. I had a little mini fro at one point. We were like, and why like, is he going to be fro? You knew what I looked like when Hello. you hired me. Hello. Like, okay, and I'm like, fine, it's your money. What yeah. do you know? Yeah, do what you want. Just be, gets my hair. Just be, gets my hair. Right. And I don't mind being pampered. Oh, it's just I'll not yeah. the. It's just not the real me. At, right. You know, right, right now, I'm trying to get better about it. And my niece, if she's watching this, she'll laugh at me because, man, that girl. I, I, I like. I watch her and how much time and effort oh, she yeah. puts. And and I'm like, that's an investment, though. In what is that? The instrument we as actors yeah. call it. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to. I do need to do more. I need but to I invest that, more. But I just, I just feel on some level that you guys are, un, are unfairly yes, judged. I, I, I think you're right. I, about, I absolutely. It comes, comes to yeah. black women and their hair. I mean, some black men too, but black women and their hair, they're really looking at it. Like, okay, that little piece, that, right. that, that's what no, I'm and do you, do you remember, um, I don't know if you saw the show, Tyra Banks, when she took oh, like, yes. off her wig. Yes, and I did watch like, that one. I'm like, go, <laughs> And Oprah's done it. Yes, I wasn't also Viola Davis uh, I was going to say, on, on, yep, on that episode. Yes. And, um, yeah, and so I think, uh, but I think we still have a ways to go yes. as a society and like holding a women, black women, like you said, up to yeah. a different standard. Uh, I mean, I could talk to you forever. Time has just gone by. How, how, what do we want to leave people with? I mean, what, what would you like to leave people with as we close the show out? What would you like to leave people with? I would definitely say um, not to go through everything and avoid. And that's hard because I think one of the things with depression is it makes you feel like you're all alone. And it makes you feel like there's nobody that you can talk to. And um, and it, it it's hard to make steps to get help when you're, you know, that depressed. And so what I would say is just that it goes back to the hand. Look at your hand. Yeah. Like yeah. that, you and, nobody yes. else is like is like you out there in the world, and there is some some reason there's a purpose for we need each you. and every one of us on this earth, and and it's a journey to find it, and I think making it fun. Yes, laugh a lot. Yeah. I do, <laughs> um, and I just want to end it on a note of that. We hear you. I hear you. I see you. If you're going through something, please reach out. There's always hope. It may seem hopeless. I've been there. Mm-hmm. It may seem hopeless. Maybe can't breathe. Whatever. But there is hope. And, may, and I'm not going to kid you, it may be hard to come out of it, but you can come out of it. And there are ways to do that. And there are people who are professionals, whether it's a life coach or a mental health professional or a pastor. Because lightning didn't strike me. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so you, go, go church, you. you go in there. Right, go. Um, or a good friend or a family member, somebody who can, can hold you and just be an ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want people out there mm-hmm. to really know yeah, that we hear you. We hear you. This business is hard. It is not for the faint at heart. No, not at all. At all. all But we're in it. We're still here. We're in it. And like I said, we've admitted there has been, I've admitted to you that I've had the the problems. I've gone to get help. And I feel a little better. And I'm still getting there. I got ways to go. I'm still getting there. And you do too. I'll make sure I say that. That's good, James. Yeah, I think that that word hope for sure is hope. the thing. There's always hope, um, and there there is, and just and getting around like minded people yes. is very important. Um, yes, and that's, that's very what I found. Important. Like learning how to um, put that boundary if somebody is not hopeful yeah. and yeah. you know sp- not speaking to you in a way that makes you feel hopeful, yeah. it's okay to back off a little bit. That's very true, and no is okay too. Mm-hmm. No is an okay mm-hmm. word. I always say it all the time. Michelle, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we've been able to help somebody. Me too. I think we have. I think you gave some great points. I think we have. Tell people in that camera over there where they can find you. Uh, you can find me. Uh, like I said, I've gotten off of social media, I know, but, but just, I am. Um, if you're on Facebook, we do have the group. Um, yes. It's Host in LA. It's uh, facebook.com slash group slash Host in LA. And I am James Lodge Jr. You can follow where all James Lodge Jr.'s are sold at James Lodge Jr. on all social media platforms. My latest album is out, of course. It's called Speaking With Strings. And I actually poured my heart and soul into this album. And it's my spoken word set to orchestra and jazz music. You can get it on anywhere you find music. It's there. Do that. And you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube under Black Hollywood Lives Breaking Into. See you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in.